Welcome back to After Hours with me, Rick Hogan. I have done, as many of you uh, know over the years, hundreds, if not maybe thousands of interviews, and among the very, very best, most intriguing, and most compelling was an interview I did in 2018 with Michael McDermott. I listened to it uh, a couple days ago just to remind myself about what an interesting guy Michael is. Michael, it's uh, you remember that interview at all? I do. I got goosebumps. I thought you were literally. I literally thought you were introducing someone else. <laughs> I, I, I well, you know, wait, you, am I not on now? Yeah, I could. Um, if you if you if you're tired and want to go to sleep, I could replay that interview. It was it was pretty uh, amazing. But I realized too, uh, in in talking to you, that there were so many questions I did not even ask you, and we're going to go over some of that. Uh, I have certainly kept tabs on Michael's career okay. ever since, and. Uh, the latest CD, you'll hear a couple cuts from it, is called St. Paul's Boulevard, which is typically, uh, I don't want to say, Michael, it's confessional, but in a way it is, is it not? It is. Yeah. It is. And this morning I, I thought I thought about you because I knew I was going to talk to you. And first of all, I've, I've missed you, man. And, uh, I know. Well, uh, I'm, 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 don't you miss everybody? I mean, the last two years no, have been pretty rough. They they have. Um but I was thinking about you because you did that. Um, it, I don't know if it was a series. I think you did a, at least a couple of articles about the Gold Star Sardine Bar, right? Yep. Didn't you? Yeah, sure. And uh, and so my wife worked there, and we were talking about you. She wants to talk to you about this because she's got a lot of stories to tell about it. But so this record is kind of a. And I was thinking about you, and and then the record, and I thought it it kind of makes sense. St. Paul's Boulevard, really, it's a fictional place, and it is about the kind of communities that are built within the community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fictional place, but I'm guessing that the Gold Star Sardine Bar had a community within the community. I know that Wicker Park in the 90s and 2000s had a community within the community. And a lot of those relationships, albeit they are transactional, it is still like a little family unit. And sometimes, and for me personally, this record is about how I had trouble. They're all, they all they're like a carton of milk they, they all have an expiration and no one wants to believe that because you believe that this t- can go on forever and it never does and it's hard to make that transaction transition into another stage of your life and that was i got stuck there for a really long time and that's when my life really went sideways on me and uh well, that's kind of what the record for whatever reason during the pandemic i just kind of started reflecting about all those days of your and you know kind of revisionist history and the way the things our brains do to those times but um, anyway, I was thinking about the Gold Star Sardine Bar, and I'm sure. Uh, well, but think too, Michael. A, think, think too, Michael McDermott. When, when you can even go back even further than that. I sure. mean, think of the kind of life that existed, of which you touched a bit, uh, not as uh, profoundly as someone like Fred Holstein or, or John Prine or uh, Steve Goodman did. But the Earl of Old Town was like sure. that, absolutely. Uh, or the Billy Goat, or even before that. I'm sure. And what was the place that? Oh, wait, well, there was another famous Chicago place that I think Bette Midler sang at, like some of the great jazz greats came, and I saw it. Mr. Mr. Kelly's. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Like, Kelly's. I mean, all those places. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be as famous or as sexy as that. Your local pub in Elmhurst, uh, there's a community within a community. And, and nowadays, we have so many interactions, as you do scroll on Twitter or whatever. You have all these interactions with people, but there's very few connections. And I think, and especially during the pandemic, there was even less so anyway, that's kind of what the it's is. not the well, what it is. What you're talking about is we used to have uh, 
and I hope it comes back one of these days, a kind of uh, face-to-face rather than screen-to-screen relationships. When did your wife, when did your wife work at the Gold Star? I think when she just moved here from Madison and and the bill whoever the the one of the Bill Allen right? Bill yeah. Allen and, yeah oh my god the stories and and she you know she speaks about it like but it was a crazy time and uh, so I'm guessing uh, early 90s I guess she's not oh, here man. now I was sure <laughs> well, I obviously I obviously met your wonderful wife Heather who is also Heather Lynn Horton who is also right. a very talented musician who you met at if memory serves at the underground wonder bar when it was on Walton Yes, I did. That's where I met her. <laughs> Another bar love story. <laughs> well, yeah, there are a lot of bar love stories. None, none, or very few that have worked out as well as I yours know. has. I totally agree. Uh, Michael, one of the other things is you have been, you have been, you're a child of Orland Park who yes. sort of got, I think, kind of, you got plucked from uh, mm-hmm. relative obscurity when you were relatively young and 19 at your first album. And that not only was very seductive, it was also pretty damaging, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Because, you know, when you get, first of all, in the span of probably 16 months, you get told you're the best thing ever yep. to then being totally ignored. And it was heady stuff, and it was hard for me to process that. And I don't know how any of these, like, super young stars, people that are famous at 14 or 15, 16, I, I, I just don't, I, I worry about them, literally. And I don't know, because it's just so hard to process that kind of uh, rejection and that kind of acceptance. Yeah. Well, and that kind of, and the kind of, uh, you know, false ego inflation. I mean, nobody, you know, know, maybe Bob Dylan was, there's a great thing that I have to share with you at some point. There is a great, one of my favorite audio pieces ever is when the 20, Three-year-old Bob Dylan first came to Chicago. He was performing at some folk folk festival on the South Side, and at University of Chicago. And he did what had to be among his first radio interviews with Studs Terkel on Studs' show. And it is—I think you can find it online if you just look up Bob Dylan and Studs Terkel. And it is unbelievable because he is certified—he is certifiably at twenty-two the Bob Dylan he will ever be the sort of weird kind of studs wants him to play you go want you bob can you play a can you play a song can you play a song from your from (laughs) your new album and dylan dylan's like well studs uh, it'd be better if you played it on a disc meaning a record Right. And Studs like, yeah, but I, I'd love to. I'd love to see a play. I'd love to see a play in the studio and see a play. <laughs> well, but Studs, I, it'd be better on the disc. Studs finally browbeats the young Bob Dylan into singing, literally five tunes live. You you hear him, Michael McDermott, unpacking his guitar and playing five songs in the studio. It's 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 quite quite something. But when I'd said that you got you got not only sort of seduced at that age, you you fell into a a terribly fast fast life. You're pushing now uh I think it must be 10 years sober, right? Yeah, eight. Close. Eight. Yeah. Yep, eight and a half. Yeah. Well, what I want to do, I want to play, I want people to hear your music off uh 
off the latest CD, which is uh, St. Paul Avenue. St. Paul Avenue? Boulevard. Boulevard. Well, same thing to me. You, it could be St. Paul Street. It's St. It's St. Paul something. It's really great to talk to you again, Michael, because I'm re-listening to that uh, CD. I'm going to write about you, too. I decided that, that it's about time that I... Oh, I'm a writer. I'm not a radio personality. I'm a writer. You have a million-dollar voice, Rick. Well, you, you know, you sing. 50 years you of... Do I sing? No, 50 years of smoking and drinking. You, too, can have this voice and have a Sunday night two-hour show. Right. It's, it's, right. It's, it's, the real way, it's the real way to fame and fortune. The other thing that I did not know about you at the time we talked is your number one fan, uh, to use a, a, uh, a line from Misery, uh, is 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 uh, Stephen King, who uh, an yeah. author I admire uh, beyond words. Frankly, yeah. I know he gets uh, you know uh, people don't admire him, and they know he's a best selling author. I admire right. him as a writer. <laughs> we'll talk about that. He's a huge, huge fan, and, and some of the stuff on your website, which is a great website, it's Michael Dash McDermott dot com. Uh, I'm going to read some of what he had to say, because Stephen King, traditionally, ever since he wrote his first book with Carrie, uh, has has done his writing listening to rock music. Right. I mean, that right. that's the way he writes, and he has some amazing things to say about you. Before we take a break, and we'll play some of your music after the half hour, how, how have you weathered this uh, pandemic? Uh, quite well. Uh, I'm a recluse by nature, so it's you know it wasn't very different from me, you know. And as a writer, you know, you kind of get up, you do your isolated work, and yep. so that wasn't very different. You know, most of my you know seven a.m. to noon, one o'clock is all the same. And uh, I was able to do these and talking about community again. I was able to do these online shows, which was a you know a life preserver. You know, sure. See. And uh, but what we did, what I did instead of kind of getting on there and doing my thing and having people tune in from everywhere, I, I opened up the floor, so to speak. And I said, hey, send me whatever. Like if there's a poem you love or a quote from a movie or a, a passage of a book, send in your own video. So I then I would turn the show over to the fans. And uh, it really they they kind of developed this other like. They call it the pauper community, and it's uh, it was really an amazing thing, and it became it was organic, and it was just kind of took on a life of its own. Where basically, I'm just kind of a part of a bigger community now, and uh, but it was it was fine. Um, what a wonderful I mean, what a wonderful yeah. idea! Yeah, yeah. How about the family? I mean, you have a you have a daughter who's now God. How old is Rain now? She is um, eleven. Oh going to be twelve God. next month. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, that was hard on you know hard to see a kid and become very isolated and you know and schooling at uh, online and um you know it's just it was difficult for her more more so than me for sure you know i agree with you i think it's i think these two years away are, are going to be i don't think they're going to be damaging but they're certainly going to have a serious effect on you Absolutely. know my, my daughter's 17 now and imagine you know spending your yeah. junior year of high school locked up at home can, yeah that, that uh, you know, at a year where you were you were exploring your social life and exploring yep. interaction with boys and girls, uh, and going to concerts and doing all that kind of thing. Where are you? Can I ask where you're living now, Michael McDermott? I, I live in the house I grew up in, in Orland Park. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. I know. How, how's that for a mind 
meld. Wow. <laughs> that's really, man, that's, actually, it scares me. If I were in that apartment where I grew up, I'd have nightmares every <laughs> well, single... I'd wake up screaming, Michael. I would wake up screaming. Uh, just, you know, I, I would hear the ice tinkling in cocktail glasses in the living room, and I'd just start choking on... nobody there. Start, yeah, no kidding. I'd be start is choking on the smoke that everybody See, used That's a very to. Stephen King thing. That's <laughs> right. My God, I should, maybe I should write a novel. I'll just turn on... Uh, uh, turn on, turn on uh, St. Boulevard. You'd be, you'd be stunned how many friends that would say, hey, you know, can you call me? I need to talk to you, whatever. And I'll call them. Say, Listen, I got this idea. Yeah. I'd love you to get to Stephen King. And I just go, hard no. Oh, hard yeah. no. I, well, I certainly said no. Uh, I really admire him. And that was a real revelation. Uh, and I'll read some of what Stephen King has written about you and your music. The latest uh, album is St. Paul's Boulevard. Michael will be playing in Elmhurst on uh, Friday. This Friday, right? This Friday, yeah. yeah this, the fr- theater, yeah. this Friday. And then at the American Music Festival in Berwyn on July 2nd. And he is a very active, he really was one of the most active uh, touring acts that I've ever known. I mean, you, you've played, and I want to talk to you about that too, Michael McDermott. I want to, you played every conceivable kind of venue that there is. And I want to I, I, I want to figure out or ask you what kind of venue do you prefer? I mean, I, at one point I would think you know even Steve Goodman would say he preferred the Earl to a big auditorium, yeah. and I don't know what your answer is going to be. We're going to okay. get some news now. Thank you so much for coming on, and we're going to talk all the way to seven, and you were going to hear Michael's music as well. Uh, Michael Dash. McDermott.com is the website. It's a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful website. You'll hear from me, Michael, and Stephen King when we come back. Welcome back. As I said at the beginning of this interview, it is uh, talking to Michael McDermott is among the best uh, conversations I've had in my thousands of conversations on the radio. And you're living up to your to your advance to your advance billing, Michael. Uh, he's a child of Orland Park. He's a graduate of Carl Sandburg uh, High School. He uh, is a, a veteran of one day at Loyola University, and he is uh, uh, a, a, a a great, great songwriter and great performer, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. This is what Stephen King, uh, the the I, I use the word great a lot in this segment with Michael and about Stephen King. He's a great, great writer. He writes, my, Gethsemane was uh, Michael's second album, and it was given to, uh, to uh, Mr. King by his uh, kids. Uh, Joe and Owen, and he writes, and it's on the website, and he's written this before. It says, my first listen to Gethsemane is one of the great events of my life as a rock music fan. Not since I first heard Bruce Springsteen singing Rosalita had I heard someone who excited me so much as a listener, who turned my dial so high, who just made me feel so effing happy to have ears. I use lyrics from one of Michael's songs in my novel, Insomnia. He also writes, it's much longer than this, I'm not going to give it all to you. He says, writes, I'm always startled by the inability of words to express how good, really rock, uh, really good, really good rock and roll music can be. But I always know it when I hear it. And besides, words are all I have. So let me say it simply. Michael McDermott is a great artist. 
And this is a great album. Michael, how did you first <laughs> read that from uh, Mr. King? Yeah. It, well, it just gave me goosebumps. This is the second goosebump moment of our time talking together. But I was in, playing a show in upstate New York, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, sometimes people leave stuff for you. Your sure. Your manager say, you know, hey, somebody gave you a book of Irish poetry or whatever. And uh, so it was this kind of a, it was a book, and I saw it was a Stephen King book, but it didn't have a cover on it. It had kind of a, a kind of a mock cover, and I was like, what is this? And I opened it up, and it was handwritten saying, hey, Michael, I'm a big fan, blah, blah, blah. And I used some of your lyrics, and I was like, what? So I, and he gave me the page number, and I looked at it, and I thought, what in the world's going on? And I didn't think, I said, who gave this to you? And no one knew, and I was like, weird. So a couple weeks later, I'm in Orland Park, and uh, I'm playing basketball, and I take my basketball very seriously. And uh, so my sister opens the window, and they call me Dermot. So she said, Dermot, you got a phone call? And I said, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing right ball, here. yeah. You know, I'm playing, I, what do you, what do you, and she said, it's Stephen King. And I was like, wait, the writer? And, you know, like, yeah. so I went in, and everybody on the court stopped, and we all looked at each other. I was like, oh. so I went in, and, and he was like, hey, Michael, Steve King, listen, big fan. You know, I'm like, are you sure you're not looking for Michael McDonald's? Because I don't know, what, you know, how'd you get my sister's number? You know, like, and uh, so he said, I'm coming to Chicago. You want to go to a Cubs game? And I was like, yeah. And he said, you know, I, I, Send a book to you. I don't know if you got it. And so anyway, so he's coming to town that weekend. So I had like three days to read a 900-page book. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I immediately got to work and, you know, powered through it. And, you know, I never met this guy. And, and uh, so we go, we met kind of outside Wrigley, and we would go in and sat down. And, and then uh, so I it was all prepared, and I had my kind of mental organized notes about what to talk about in the book. And I said, listen, man, I got to tell you, I... I love this book. And he was like, ah, after that, like, so listen, what are you listening to? These days? Like he, we didn't speak about <laughs> yeah, the book. Uh, right. Once, you know? And, uh, so, but he's, you know, he's amazing as you know. And yes. Yeah. I, I think he gets a bad rap, you know, because I do too. Yeah, yeah. Because he sells a lot of books. I mean, which is yes. ridiculous, which is yes. ridiculous. You fell in love with music, uh, basically because of Keith Richard, who you saw you yep. saw the Rolling Stones when you were in eighth grade. <laughs> right. I, I want to play, Michael, if it's okay. I want to play uh, Sick of This Town uh, okay. from, uh, from the new latest album, St. Paul's Boulevard. You can hear this song, then we'll take a little break, and I'll come back, and uh, you can hear another Michael song, and I will talk more to Michael. So here is... Uh, and it's it's a great song. See, you, you tell me, ladies and gentlemen, if Stephen King is right. Thanks, Krista. I have a few more minutes, sadly, just a few more minutes, but I'm going to come out to uh, to uh, Orland Park one of these days soon, Michael, and sit down gonna, and, and meet you face to face. Yeah, exactly, a face to face. We need a face to face. And real. I used to, I used yeah. to be a, a, a basketball player of some note too, but I'm old. Oh, now. I'm old now. I will just critique oh, your. I'll, I'll critique your game, Michael. What is this? Is how many how many albums for you? This is St. Paul's oh. Boulevard. Is what. Not even sure. Somebody said fifteen, so I'll just wow. believe them. Yeah. Wow. And one of the things about Michael, his story is that, you know, he was really kind of burned out and in danger of fading away for good when he was only yeah. twenty three years old. Do you ever think back to your I'm gonna call them your non sober years? Yes. 
And what do you think? think about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I think it's unfortunately like it's not like I'm hanging on to it. Uh, right. But it's just right. You know, they, it's a kind of a it's one day at a time. And, uh, you know, it's still never far from my thoughts, you know, like and it creeps up on you. And in those quiet moments, you know, they say it's like they call they call the acronym HALT, like when you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And that's when we default into our kind of not necessarily addictive tendencies, but our, our you know, kind of those um Base thoughts, you know, and, and, right. and things get can go go sideways on. So. Right, it, it, Heather and uh, your wife uh, Heather Horton and your daughter Rain. Uh, right. Heather's a musician too. She didn't just like, you know. Hang around the Gold Star Sardine, but I don't know if she played there. But she's a talented musician, also. She's yeah, she's amazing. I think Bill let her sing. It was like maybe the first place she sang, like at the end of the night. I think they let her do like Route sixty six or something like well, that. Well, Bill, and if she her- if she remembers Bill, I remember Bill. He was really he was something, and that place was a. Uh, uh, wonderfully weird. Wonderfully I know, weird. So if, if we have lunch, I'll have her come in like the second half so I could have you to myself for a while. And then I'll. I love that. Come no, you guys- we will absolutely do that, Michael. <laughs> I, tell me about. We, I, I promised uh, you and I. Talk to me about venues. I mean, do you have. You're playing Elmhurst Hall on uh, Friday and right. on July 2nd at the American Music Festival in Berwyn. And you've played every conceivable kind of venue across the world what's your favorite i oh boy uh he, um it and it's not a cop-out answer it's really wherever the people are, are yeah. having the most fun is yeah. you know really it, they dictate the night uh even if i don't think i'm great but if they if i feel their energy then it's then it's all great then i was like I, i'll only say oh, i wish i would have performed better but but it, uh it's really if, the, if they seem like they're not having such a great time then I, it's on me no, and, and then that, i hate the place that totally <laughs> makes sense i want people to hear another one of uh one of your songs so i'm going to let okay. you go but i will be in touch and i will be seeing you and meeting your wife and uh oh, and w- please do rick and I, and I know time is a commodity man and I it's time, you know, you look, look, look who's talking man my, my life's not that crazy michael it's great to talk to you again it really great is and you, it's rick. great to listen to you again too and ladies and gentlemen here is your chance to listen to him once again it's another cut off uh st paul's boulevard this one is titled paris